This show is a production of Migration Media. To learn more about us and see a complete list of our shows, visit migrationmedia.net. Hello and welcome to Pop Abroad. I'm Michelle Ibarra, your host, a California girl currently living in Shanghai, China. So you've made the leap, or maybe you're considering it. I've been living abroad for 10 years in South America, Europe, and now Asia, and I want to help you navigate the ins and outs of migrating to a new place. Season one of Pop Abroad will be all about communities, why we need them, how we can use them to get comfortable in our adopted cities, and how great community leaders make it all happen. Now, let's get poppin'. I'm so excited to have on today's show, Shannon Martin, a community leader for Podcast Brunch Club. I dive in with Shannon about how she got started with Podcast Brunch Club and why more people really need to start listening to podcasts. Hope you enjoy. All right, welcome. Welcome to the show, Shannon. Great to be here. Thank you for joining. So tell us, how did you pop abroad? Long story. Let's see. I I will say that I've always had wanderlust. Uh, I read a lot of books and liked to travel a lot when I was younger. And so my husband and I actually met on an airplane. So it's probably not surprising that we ended up going abroad. Yeah, we uh, traveled a lot, but we hadn't really traveled a lot internationally. And we kind of had settled down into a sort of traditional life. And we took a trip for an anniversary and we said, wait a minute, what are we doing? Like, why are we in this very settled life. We don't, we didn't have children. We need to shake it up a little bit. So I, I'll fast forward a bit, but we had this whole plan and it included him taking a leave of absence for us to go work on a cruise ship. What? That sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah. Which we never did the cruise ship thing, but he still took leave of absence from his corporate job. And in the meantime, I had talked to my job about modifying it so that I could do it from anywhere. So we kind of set up this great scenario. So we traveled around the U S and then we went to Europe for a few months, went back and I was in tears when we left Spain where we were. I was like, why can't we just go abroad again? And basically my job had already been set up to do that. And my husband had been working for home from year for years. So we went back uh, to Spain and anyway, long story short, he got laid off from his job eventually that he had gone back to and then got an opportunity with the same corporation to come to China. So we ended up here and I've been somewhat location independent, so I, it was easy enough for me to say, yeah, why not? Give China a when, try. When did you start living abroad? What year was this? So that would have been about 10 years ago that we did the first sort of Spain. I mean, the first Spain thing was much more temporary, and then the second time it was a bit longer. Okay. Um, both times we still had our house in Florida, so we kind of had that home base in the U.S. still, so it wasn't officially like making the move. But China, we said, let the house go, forget about it, we're not managing it from afar. How long have you been in China now? So seven years. Seven years. And what's the plan? Well, the plan the plan probably will be to go back to Spain. Yeah, pop abroad again. Pop pop back over there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it's kind of the lifestyle that we'd like as we get a bit older and we'd like to be a little closer to home. Um, but I don't really see it. I mean, this life abroad is very intoxicating and I don't really see going back. I had, and we had a lot of years together of that kind of settled life. So, I mean, I know uh, the choices and I can kind of evaluate, you know, what I want and say, no, I'm I'm ready to keep going on something different. I'm the same. (laughs) I've been in China for five years and Asia for seven, 
because I before I lived in Korea. So the now I'm like, I think I'm ready for a little bit of a slower pace of life. Mm-hmm. So my plan is also to leave and move back to California for a couple of years, just for like a just a little bit slower. Try some businesses over there. Try something new, and then could go abroad, abroad again. Like yeah. that's the beauty of our lifestyle. We can go abroad again if we want to. Yeah, I think I once you, once you've done it, you know, then you know, okay, it's it's not the end of the world. It's not. You know, it doesn't get easier. I would say it's still scary. It's scary no yes. matter what to move somewhere new, mm-hmm. especially right. if you don't speak the language. Moving to China is was pretty scary. Yeah. <laughs> after being here, I'm like, this place is so easy. To, it's so easy to navigate now, but in the beginning, it was really hard. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, I've lived in Spain before, and I'm still like, I have a lot of anxiety about the potential of doing it because there's just still, it's still a big unknown. It's there's a lot of the factors, visa. So, there's always yeah. visa issues. <laughs> yeah. The the hardest thing about living abroad is visa issues. Yeah, it should just be an open world, but no, it doesn't look like it's going that no, way. No. <laughs> they need to. They need to make money too, governments. They need to... <laughs> very true. Very true. <laughs> okay. So so I wanted to talk to you about the community that you support and that you represent. Mm-hmm. So can you tell us a little bit about Podcast Brunch Club? Yeah. So Podcast Brunch Club is like a book club for podcasts. And it's funny because sometimes I describe it first to people and then they actually come up with that tagline. I'm like, yes, that's actually the tagline. Um, it was actually founded by a woman in Chicago. We actually do in-person meetings. So it's for, you know, because essentially podcasts are very kind of can be a very isolating medium and um adela who founded it when when i heard her backstory i was just nodding my head the whole time because she said you know all her friends and i think her partner especially were really sick of hearing her quote podcasts (laughs) 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 so she needed some like-minded people who didn't mind just talking about podcasts no i think that's is a genius idea when was this how long what year was this uh we've i mean we've even been doing it in shanghai for several years so i think probably five six years ago maybe oh wow so it's it's a newer community then yeah it is and how many how many cities is it in now and it is let's see i just looked it up um before we talked there are 66 chapters and in 16 countries on six continents. Six continents. Wow, that's a lot. So basically everywhere but, what, Antarctica? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. That's pretty That's pretty good for five or six years. Yeah. And that it's expanded so fast. Is it, So is it a registered organization somewhere? Or? I, is she's, it's, the original one is based out of the U.S. And Adela runs the website and everything. So they're just very casual. They're like chapters. There's no membership fee or anything. So I think that's part of the growth is that it's so simple. So I thought it was a cool concept. I contacted her. I mean, like all communities, there's some challenges of running it. But as far as getting up and running with it, I mean, there was really nothing to it. It's just figuring out how in your area you can publicize it and build um, build a group. But it's kind of at this point for us, and we, we usually meet at the same place. So I don't even have to figure out where to meet or anything. So I just put it out there. And the global group determines the theme and the listening list. So they're curated by different members and stuff. So it's not like Even with a book club, which I used to run, you know, we had to figure out how are we going to determine the book and this. So this is just kind of handed to you on a silver platter. Yeah. Well, because podcasts, you can just, you know, if you have a iTunes or Spotify, you can just download it. It's it's so much easier, depending on what country you're in. In China, it's a little bit different (laughs) for us in China, but... Yeah. So Adela, so she started it. It started as a website and a community. And then how, how did it expand though? Yeah. So she started the Chicago chapter and still runs it, I think maybe with someone else. So just her idea was just to have an in-person meeting. And I think that she did it for a while before she took it to an online thing that 
people could then make chapters in their area. And um, she's publicized it. I mean, there's a Facebook group. She's really involved in the podcasting community. So I think it's gotten out there a lot that way. Um, just a number of different ways. And people inquire about it. And then she... Uh, tells people you know how they can get started yeah. with the chapter yeah. so facebook was like the main way that people heard about it I or is there a facebook group or facebook page there's both i think and i think i think a little bit and then i think also her doing a lot of things in the podcasting kind of space and world and net, a lot of networking um has, has been a big part of it um so yeah and then because I think people think it's such a cool concept and it is pretty easy to run. And also just for members coming to it, it's very easy because we, I get people all the time that actually didn't even listen to podcasts before coming. It surprises me. Um, especially here in China because they're not as well known. So they'll come, but they'll say, I, I love these kind of discussion groups, but I never get around to reading the book for book clubs. Yeah. Yeah. We had a Pod Babes <laughs> event this week, and one of the women that came hadn't listened to the podcast at all. And I was like, why would you want to go to something? I wouldn't want to go to a book club where I haven't read the book. Like, I would just feel like, how am I going to get involved in the discussion? Yeah. But some people enjoy just being observers. And, True. You know, and so I do, <laughs> like, I think once they get there and they, even though they haven't listened to it or, you know, read it, mm -hmm. they start to want to read in the future and right. they start to want to listen to podcasts. Yeah, definitely. We've converted a lot of people to podcast fandom. I mean, we have people all the time that come in and are like, I didn't even know I watch videos or I do this and I didn't know. And they, they get, but the good thing with the podcast, we basically listen to like three, pretty much three episodes beforehand. So I tell people, even if you're in a rush, listen, you can listen to one and because it's a podcast, you can do it while you're on your way here, you yeah. Know, to the meeting. On your way to the meeting, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so listen can, to the podcast. Just listen to at least one, but if they're they're kind of deep and broad kind of topics. So even if you did come and didn't listen, it's funny we've had people come and say, "Oh, sometimes they didn't understand, even though we described what you're supposed to do, but they didn't even understand they were supposed <laughs> to listen." And they come, and then they're the ones that talk the most. Oh you wow! Know, they have plenty to say because the topic, like this last month, we did understanding China. Oh. Well, I mean, you have plenty to discuss on it, whether you listen to those specific episodes or not. I feel like I would have been hypercritical and been if, listening to the podcast and then going to the meeting because we're in China. Yes, that's a cool topic, though. I, I'm glad that they that globally they did that. Right? Yeah. It was a it's a global theme, like you said. Yeah, so that one's global. So I'm sure the discussions were quite different depending on you know where you are. <laughs> but, and and the Beijing chapter actually did a, um, a recording of theirs, and it was cool. That was actually my favorite episode. That wasn't on the listening list, but that was my favorite thing to listen to beforehand. Yeah, to the Beijing got, Podcast Brunch Club. Yeah, talk about China. The theme of China. So it was That's, a recordings of their meeting. Yeah. So that was that was actually yeah. that was my favorite quote unquote episode. So. Yeah. That's kind of what I wanted to do at our uh, the Pod Babes uh, brunch. I wanted to record it. It's hard though. It depends on the venue and the sign, the sound, and the setup. But I think it's so. Cool. I think it's really cool about that podcasting is getting popular. But I do think it's a it's a certain demographic. How would you like say the demographics are? Because I I don't I don't feel like. High school students are listening to them. It, it skews young, actually, but maybe not not as much. Maybe high school students. Um, I think they still do a lot of video and stuff. But um, yeah, it skews on the younger side, actually. But um, I think the I think yeah, like the twenty somethings to forty forty ish is is a pretty big demographic. And it really the U.S. is still way ahead in terms of numbers of listeners. Um, U.K., Australia, and then it's it's interesting which countries like Brazil. Is a big country. Sweden, I mean, it's a small country, but for the percentage has big 
listenership. It's just a like in China here, it's a very different world. Podcasts are kind of have been traditionally much more for they've been more paid course kind of things, more for education. Uh, it's evolving, but it's just you know, and it's a totally separate ecosystem. So each region of the world and country is, is kind of different. Well, we don't really use Spotify. They use Shimala with Shimalaya. Mm-hmm. Yeah, China. so they have that, and there's like two or three other smaller players that are just, you know, it's just the China ecosystem. So it's all run here. It's, you know, so it can be monitored and all the different right. things. So kind of two separate podcasting worlds. Uh, yeah, I can. Because you work also in the podcasting world. Yes. So can you tell us a little about, about that and kind of how it plays into your role within Podcast Brunch Club? Does it affect anything? Yeah, it doesn't really, except for that we do get people that come that are interested in starting podcasts and stuff. So, I mean, it can be a resource. But um, yeah, I work for Podbean, which is a podcasting platform. So I work with podcasters all the time. And uh, yeah, it's really interesting. Enjoyable. And so it, it kind of dovetails a little bit because I'm just in this podcasting life all the time, I guess. But one is kind of more listener side. But we, do, we get a lot of members. And I think worldwide, Podcast Brunch Club gets a lot of members that either had in mind to start a podcast, had a podcast, or then they get inspired after attending for a while. And you also support like the community as well. So like podcasters can join the community and kind of talk about their own podcasts and get feedback as well. I mean, it's nice because then you can make friends who are listen- who listen to them and are like, can you listen to my podcast? And then you can support each other. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's really nice too. Yeah. That's it. So how long, how big is the Shanghai community? So we have, I looked at our meetup. We have about a, th- a little over a thousand meetup members, but of course meetup People join because it sounds interesting, but that doesn't mean they ever come or anything. It's very, you know, low contact. Um, I, but our WeChat group, which I'd say would be more people that at least had some intention of coming to a meeting, is 230 members at the moment. And each month, our in-person meetings, we get around 15 people. We're actually – we get by far some of the largest numbers, I think, compared to other places. I think it's one of the positive things I would really say about Shanghai is that this community, I mean, you know, there's so much going on. It's so dynamic and people love going, I guess, because it's such a migrant community because not just international migrants, but even when people come to our group and they're Chinese, they're almost always from somewhere else. There's not that many that are Chinese. And so because we have all tended to migrate, I think people seek out, you know, different kinds of community groups, things to do. They don't have this built in, you know, group of friends. So we find that our member or the people that attend, We get a wide mix of international and um, Chinese, but a lot of the Chinese people that come have lived abroad, studied abroad, those kind of things. And they're, um, so maybe they've discovered podcasts where they just really want that. um, They want to stay with an international crowd and discuss these international themes. Yeah. So that's that's pretty cool. Can you tell me some of the challenges that you've come across? running podcast brunch club or do you know any about the global challenges like that are going to be happening in the future yeah i think the challenge that i hear most from the other because we have a facebook group for chapter leaders and the challenge people have is getting attendance getting the word out and having you know these big meetup you know memberships of thousand people but then never having people show up or having people even rsvp and then not show up we're lucky with rsvps in china everybody else on Facebook and Meetup, it's much harder. It's really hard. So I tell people, I put it on Meetup because Meetup is much more public and can get it out there and expose it. But then I tell them, okay, if you've RSVP'd on Meetup, we're kind of not even counting on on you being there. You need to add the WeChat group because there it's also where I'll communicate last minute 
problems or changes or anything. I'm not going to put that on Meetup. So it really helps in that regard, but people are really challenged by that. And in some cities, and I think because in some places where people have maybe tend to settle, have lived for a long time, people don't go on Meetup like they do in Shanghai looking for new things to do. You know, they have their friends, they have their stuff. So in those of us that live in these very international cities probably have a big advantage. Um, but we still have, I mean, we have a lot of people like this last, on this last meeting, we had 18 people. I had a wait last time I up and we had 18 people there. And then there's always people that just come all the time. So I'm like, <laughs> oh my goodness, we're going to have like 25, 30. And you can't discuss with that many people. So we'll have to break yeah. you know, into two tables. Small groups, yeah. And it's always a bit hard because with that because people are hesitant to break into two tables. No one needs to lead the discussion even, but people want someone to kind of guide them. So it's always a little weird. And we've several times we've been at the point where we probably needed to break into two, but we... It's kind of like, do we do it? Should we? And this time we ended up, so it ended up being a smaller group. Like it wasn't quite 15. So we just stayed in one table. We make it a big square table. So it's not like someone is miles down the, <laughs> down the table. Yeah. I do think like 15 people discussing, it gets, it, it's one person talking and then what, like 14 people listening. It's a little bit difficult to have a discussion. Yeah. that So that's a challenge. And it's something I need to maybe play around with the, the formatting a couple of times. I also tend to... I mean, number one, I'm a talker anyway, but number two, because I'm leading it, I think I tend to talk too much. And so I've, I've been away a couple of times and had guests, moderators, and I think I'd like to get some guest moderators some other time so that I can zip my mouth a little bit, you know? Yeah, yeah no, I, I think the, one of the key components of community building is having the team, having other people get involved because then you're like, you're facilitating them to become future chapter leaders. And then when they move somewhere else, then they can start the chapter there. I think that's how like a lot of organic communities have grown is just kind of like with Grogan International, the same, like when I lived in Seoul, I started the Seoul and I moved to Shanghai, I started Shanghai. Our Tokyo manager was the Belgrade manager, you know, our, Han- our Busan manager was the Hanoi manager. So like they take it, the community with them if there's not one there. So it's nice because like you're kind of training the future yes. as well. <laughs> And you get to take a step back and breathe and also just kind of enjoy the conversation. Yeah. Because hosting is, it's, it, that is also, I think, a challenge mm-hmm. for as a community is that being a part of community, you know, hosting, it takes a lot of time because podcast brunch club is volunteer, mm-hmm. right? You're a volunteer. Yeah. It's not, it's not a for-profit organization. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, so it's, when I've been away, it's been nice. We've had some people guest host. And then there was even one time when I think I got sick kind of at the last minute and I was just like, okay, guys. Do, you know, the, the reservations may just talk, you know, and everyone's, they're very good. And some people are quieter than others, but people are, do jump in. So it's not like they're going to sit around and twiddle their thumbs. I mean, they're, they're ready to talk. So they don't really need someone to lead it. And there's discussion questions that go along with the topic. So they can refer to those if they need to spark the oh, conversation. Oh, that's really good. So it's the headquarters or Chicago, is that what you said? Mm-hmm. They also create questions. Yeah, so she organizes it. But nowadays, when Adela started out, she would do it herself. But now it's pretty much totally community driven. So she has a long wait list now of people. So Shanghai, for example, did a list maybe a couple years ago. So we did immigration migration was our topic. So basically we're, you're, we're then responsible for coming up with a topic, curating the podcasts, uh, coming up with, if there's any bonus content, I think, and then coming up with discussion questions. So she curates it from somebody each month. Oh, that's, that's, that's a really smart way to get everybody involved or get different communities involved. Yeah. And to have the diversity and then, and sometimes 
you know, people don't love the episodes or they don't love the topic. Or, and actually, there's been a lot of times when I thought the topic seemed, eh, well, this be a lot to discuss well and it usually surprises me how how the topic ends up being sometimes the ones i think are exciting aren't as great of a discussion and vice versa but that's i mean that's the point right you change it monthly and you, you know it's an experience in itself if you are enjoying the topic of life abroad definitely have a listen to migratory patterns another pod part of the migration media network host mike shaw loves to deep dive with his guests about where's home what drives them to move abroad what makes them stay overseas, and how life overseas has changed them. As an expat who's lived overseas for over a decade, Mike is no stranger to the migrant lifestyle and is passionate about exploring the reasons why people are moving. Learn more and hear the latest episodes at migrationmedia.net or search migratory patterns wherever you find your podcasts. What are the what are the future plans for Podcast Brunch Club? So I, yeah, I actually touched base with Adela to see. I, uh, I know that the plans are to keep expanding and growing more chapters and it will always evolve because as you said, people move on. And so there will be chapters that die out maybe if someone doesn't take it. It's over. hard to keep s- some cities alive. Definitely. Yes. Like, because, you know, if people, especially in certain cities, if they're moving from place to place and the consistency needs to be there. Yeah. Right. So if one city stops having events for six months, you know, it's just going to fade. It's sad, actually. Yeah, for sure. And I think the Facebook um, group that is chapter leaders is really helpful. And they're also talking about doing a partnership. I can't remember the tool, but there's some technology tool that they're, that has approached Adela about, um, like, sort of instead of Meetup and instead of Facebook groups or maybe as a corollary to it. And it's a really good, like, member management kind of tool. So that might help a bit. Then a couple, I don't know how long it's been, maybe about six months ago, they started a virtual chapter. So for people that don't have a chapter locally and don't want to start one or just as an ancillary thing. So I try, I would like to join that more often. The timings aren't always great for China. I think they do it twice though, so that they can hit some different time zones. So you can just join on like an online discussion. Um, oh, that's actually quite cool. Yeah. Because so, podcasting is online <laughs> in a lot of ways. So Yeah. I mean, the idea of the, the whole idea of the thing is to have in-person meetings. So it would never like just go virtually. It will never go fully vir- virtual. virtual. Yeah. No. But they but there's people that are missing out. I mean, there's people that live in rural areas that aren't going to have an in-person chapter. So the virtual um, thing, I think that's going going quite well. And then the other thing that happened that's starting to happen is... Adela has partnered up with libraries, so they're going to do library-based chapters. Like, libraries do book clubs. Oh, and yes. And, that, and the nice thing about that will be there will be probably staff that kind of, you know, so you'll have some more consistency maybe that will kind of manage it and promote it. So partnering up yeah, with libraries. That's such a good idea. Public libraries? Wow. Yeah. And then also, like, the, I've seen some podcasts, they have, like, podcasts, how to start your own podcast events mm-hmm, yes. at public libraries. Yeah, libraries are doing so much more diverse. Actually, two months ago, I think our chapter was the evolution of libraries, and the episodes were amazing. Some of the things libraries are some have seed catalogs. Wow, where you can some have. I mean, wow. they they have they're doing all kinds of crazy stuff to really evolve. I mean, it's it's like you you wouldn't think this, but it's like the innovation. I mean, businesses should actually look at what libraries are doing <laughs> and realize they're not like they're not instead of just being afraid that technology is going to make them go away, they're actually, you know, innovating. Um, so it's a natural fit. I think it's a good place. And then they have a place. 
So it's not trying to figure out which restaurant yeah, to go to. Yeah, they have space. Yeah, this kind and of And it's quiet. Yeah. <laughs> so you can have a discussion. Yeah. And then the other thing that Adela mentioned is that sort of a corollary project is that she's thinking, well, they have this great sort of international focus group of podcast listeners who are all, who also tend to be super listeners. They quote, they term, have that term, like they listen to hundreds of hours of podcasts a week. Wow. And uh, so, I mean, not all of us, but a lot of the members are, you know, big podcast fans. So she's actually talking, trying to figure out some ways to maybe um, put that to use and have that um, be something that could benefit creators. So here's a market research group that you could run um, your content by, that you could get feedback and that kind of thing. So some kind of program for that. So I think that's a, it's got a lot of potential. Yeah. I like that. Ooh, I'm going to be, I'm going to join that. That sounds great. <laughs> Podcasting is so fun. It's, it's such a great, like, it's just another form of content. It's another form of great content. My videos, I don't have the time and books also like they take those. I can only read books when I'm on flights. Uh, yeah. That's the only time I can really like zone in and read is when I can't, I don't have access to Wi-Fi or my phone or my laptop. It's really, it's a problem. It's yeah, a problem that our the next generation has. <laughs> I feel bad for them. <laughs> but it, it's, it is nice with podcasts because you can do it. I mean, I'm actually a big reader and people always say, how do you... And a lot of how do you do, manage both? Well, a lot of people say their reading decreases, but for me, I, re- I do it at different times. So my podcast listening is all walking around Shanghai, commuting, commuting. Yeah. and the gym and, and walks. And so um, it, it's very different than, you know, my reading is what I do in other times. So I have right my, before bed. Yeah. It's my right before bed when I'm like, okay, I need to turn off my phone. <laughs> I'm going to lay down and I'm going to, for an hour, I'm going to like unwind yes. with a book. That's the only time really. And then flights and train rides maybe sometimes, but I don't, go, I don't train enough. Podcasts are great. Honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm really glad that you have the podcast brunch club in Shanghai. And I'm so glad that it's growing Yeah, and it's only been yeah. five years. That's amazing. Okay, so can you tell us, can you tell us how do people connect with Podcast Brunch Club? Yeah, so podcastbrunchclub.com would be the easiest thing to look up. And that always has the listening list. And I think it's cool, even if you never go to a chapter, but you want good podcast recommendations, go to all back to all the old listening lists. It's really, they're really great quality lists sometimes. And if you have a topic that really interests you, and you think, especially if you think there's no podcast on that you'll find that there, there is are. yeah there's, there's a podcast for everything there is absolutely and um so podcastbrunchclub.com and then there's a way there to contact and say oh i'm looking you, you can see a list of chapters there's a map but even if you don't find one you can contact adela and she can either say oh someone's getting ready to start one or she can tell you about starting one or give you the information on the virtual chapter uh, and then here in shanghai we have a wechat group that's a little more difficult to access. So the meetup is probably the best way to start. If you go on meetup.com, just look up Shanghai Podcast Brunch Club. And we put, I just put the announcement for the July meeting up. Yay. I'm excited. I'm not going to be here, unfortunately, but um, I definitely, I'm going to help share more because I think like more people need to get involved with podcasts. I do think, like you said, like China is not, at least the expat community in China, they're not as avid listeners Mm -hmm. just because already media it's hard for us to know what media to listen to or what media to watch or what media to read we have we're limited in some sense so it's weird because we're limited and caught between two worlds because like we're still connected somewhat with like what's going on outside of here and we're still probably like we probably have a facebook account even if we barely go on it anymore 
But then we're on WeChat and we see like the video sites here in China, yeah. but then the podcasting. So it's like, then you're even bombarded by more options. So. Yeah. And everything, because everything's within WeChat. Like I think it's hard with in China for podcasts because you have to go to a third app or a third party to listen to it where everything is so centralized within WeChat. Like nobody wants to leave WeChat. <laughs> WeChat, you need to get on this and have pod in like they could integrate podcasts into it, right? I think you can listen directly if you if it's from maybe Shimalaya. Shimalaya. Yeah. QQ you, as well, right? For music well, Q, at least. Yeah, QQ for music and there's video stuff that you can do directly, but otherwise it'll take and it is challenging because if it's hosted, you know, outside of here then it's Probably not always easy to access. So. Oh, the struggles, <laughs> the life. But we still, I mean, we all still listen to podcasts and you guys do still get on and, and listen to the global themes as well. So that's quite cool. Also, I wanted to ask about um, global events or do you guys have anything to connect all the chapter leaders or is there any plans for that? Right now, it's mainly through Facebook. So there's a podcast brunch club, just a general Facebook. And people are, more and more I see people on there, not just, people will talk about the themes, but also people will recommend additional episodes and do some things outside of just the kind of meeting-related stuff. And then the chapter leaders have a Facebook group also. And then I know people have traveled to different chapters somewhat. I really need to, I should like plan my trips around that more because I'd like to visit a bunch, but I know some people have done that when they've been elsewhere. And we've, we've even had that a fair amount here in, um, within there's four chapters. There's Beijing, Shanghai, Shenzhen, and Hong Kong. We've had most of the people that started new chapters, maybe all of them, maybe not Shenzhen, but the others all came to Shanghai, knew we had a chapter, came and visited, talked to me and before they started their chapter. So Mike from Beijing, and Hong Kong, and then actually a couple of the people have moved. So I feel like the Shenzhen person is moving to Shanghai now, and then we've had visitors from the different cities. And one of our members was just, when I listened to the episode on Understanding China from Beijing, I was like, wait a minute, that voice sounds familiar. That's our that's our old member who oh, moved wow. to Beijing. So, that's so uh, cool. That's yeah. the point, right? Like yes. That's the point of why like you guys have this as well. Yeah. So people, when you go to Beijing or when you go to Tokyo or you know wherever wherever there's this community you can go and you can go hang out with them and talk about podcasts yeah there's a comfort level so yeah I definitely will be in the next chapter of my life if I if there isn't one there already I'll definitely start one and yeah. then I'll get I'll get to know the new challenges because I know how to do it in Shanghai and I yeah. think it will be extremely different somewhere else yeah <laughs> RSVPs are a problem so hopefully like you said like in the future, whether it's an app or a website or another program to help with RCPs and payment and all that stuff. Because I do think like payment, prepayment helps a lot. Yeah. I, and I know in Meetup, you can do that. And I think if, if it wasn't for how it works here in China, I think, and, and that we have a pretty, you know, okay time because using WeChat, I think if I were doing it somewhere else, I would probably make people do a thing, even if, you know, they then got paid back when they showed up or yeah. it went to a, you know, whatever. It, it, and we're also very lucky because we've ended up settling in a venue here where they're very casual about it. I make a, I, through WeChat, I say, okay, we want our table again upstairs. And we've had from, Three, one, I mean, one time when it was, I guess, around holidays or something, we only had like three people and then we're up to 20 and they never care or it doesn't really matter. They have the space. So important. So, <laughs> so yeah. important when you have a community to, to 
become good friends with venues or yes. venue owners or venue managers because it makes event or coordination so much easier. It's yeah, so much easier. It's so great. And things like GGI and other groups I'm in on Facebook are awesome because like the other week we were going to move the date because I wanted to take this trip and and the place where we meet it was totally booked up. So I'm WeChatting with the lady, but then I'm like, oh, what's a backup plan? And so I just messaged on some WeChat groups I'm part of. Help, you know, yeah. where can it, where would be a good place to do this? And people are so helpful. So yeah. There are endless venues, but it's always nice to like have that one that you trust and you love the manager or the owner and you want to support them too. support yeah. small business, support kind of like local international community as well. It's always good to like give back. For sure. Yeah, they do. They, this place does a lot of that. And then also I think just the fact that they're pretty flexible and they have kind of a big space so that we, if we show up and we have a bigger group, it's not the other day I dragged like half of their tables over <laughs> to ours and I thought, oh, I hope they're not going to get mad, but no one can set anything. Yeah. So that's, you know. that's the beauty of like, you know, having good communication with venues. Yeah. And if you're a venue, I mean, they're so smart because now we've consistently been going there for years and I really don't plan to switch because of that. So they're getting our money, you know, once a month and, um, and they do a little discount and it's, you know, so it's, it's nice. I love that. Yeah, no, it's it's so important with event organization. I do like to challenge myself and like have a new bar, restaurant, or venue. But at the same time, it's always nice to have your like tried and true places that you can go to to have events. Sure. But it's it's one of the I would say it's one of the challenges for event coordination or running the community or supporting the communities, finding venues, getting payment, you know, promoting. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, it's easier. Some cities are easier than others, but. Anything else that you want to tell us about Podcast Brunch Club that we didn't cover? No, I think just give it a try. And if you don't, well, if you're listening, you will listen to podcasts. So I guess that's <laughs> a good point. But get your friends into doing it. Yeah. And, um, spread the love. Spread, spread the love. Spread the love. Spread the love. And, um, and give it a try. Try it out. Um, you can just go. I would say go onto the website, too, and see some of the listening lists. and um, Because you might... It's still sometimes the people don't understand the concept that it's about a theme. Uh, and then when they see the listening list, they kind of get it and get what the topics are about and they can see how, oh, yeah, there'd be a lot to discuss around this. I mean, and it's, it's diverse. It's been everything from, uh, ocean conservation to migration, as I mentioned, understanding China. We once did a different take on it, which was a deep dive on one podcast, which was a true crime, uh, an art, art heist podcast so it was like listen to as many episodes as you can and discuss it and that was that's not the usual way that it goes but that was kind of a fun play so kind of something for everybody and there is i mean honestly uh, i started with serial obviously mm -hmm. that's how i got into podcasts like that phenomenon whenever that mm -hmm. was like four or five years ago um but i think whatever it is you want to listen to there is a podcast out there for you and it's so low maintenance like if you can you know one hour a week you know you can when you're walking when you're commuting when you're driving just put it on and listen to it i want to ask you though this might be a difficult question but what is your favorite podcast oh, oh that is impossible <laughs> my baby your favorite maybe your favorite podcast what your all-time favorite yeah because i would probably say cereal is probably like still my all-time favorite mm -hmm. But then I also have like a favorite of the month yes. or favorite of the week. Yeah. So I uh, I like a lot of stuff about travel and like expat life, but there's not a lot. Um, and so for that, I, the the old school one, it's not necessarily my favorite, but the one I've been listening to the longest travel wise is Amateur Traveler. 
Um, but there's a lot of new ones like Condé Nast Traveler now has, they have a women in travel. Uh, they have a, the traveler, they have a, so there's more coming in that, um, in that realm. Um, and so those travel podcasts, I like a lot, but I'd say my all time, probably if I had to, if you said just narrow it down to one podcast, you can only listen to forever. I'd probably say hidden brain. That's still hidden like, brain. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. It NPR. always intrigues me. It's always something that I feel like there's lots to discuss from it and stuff. So it's, it's a, it's a kind of a classic well-produced. So, but I'm very scatterbrained when it comes to podcasts. I do subscribe. Well, I follow, I don't technically subscribe. I follow in the Podbean app, which means that I don't have them automatically download. So I have to kind of go in and cultivate. Yes. And then, so I'll kind of, I will lose track sometimes of my, I keep them in that subscribe list. That way I can go, Oh, wait a minute. I forgot about that one and go back, but I really, I get attracted to a new thing and I kind of move on and then I go back. And so um, amateur travelers, one I mentioned that one because it's one I have consistently gone back to, and I was interviewed on it a long, long, long time ago. <laughs> amateur traveler, all right, I gotta add that to the list. Yeah, yeah, add it to the list. And hidden brain, hidden brain, hidden brain is good. All the NPR ones are pretty good. Yeah, they know what they're doing over there at NPR. Shout out! <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, thank you for for joining, and um, I look forward to seeing the future of Podcast Brunch Club. Yeah, thanks so much. Thanks for joining in and hope you start popping abroad soon. If you want to learn more about the community mentioned, info will be in the show notes. Want to connect? Know a global community that's helping expats live their best lives? Let me know. Find me at Pop Abroad on Instagram. Pop Abroad is proudly a part of the Migration Media Network, where we share with you the stories of the migration experience. Check us out at migrationmedia.net for all of our shows. This has been a Migration Media production. To learn more about the lives of international migrants and see our lineup of shows, visit us at migrationmedia.net or look for us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram.